0: Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the Book of Romans, chapter 10. Here's Pastor Ryan. Good morning. Good to be with you
1: guys. Blessed to be with you guys. You know, first service, I must boast in the Lord. It's starting to look like second service. So God is doing something. Keep praying. Keep praying. Yep, yep. Unless it was all you this morning and you just stayed for a second round. <laughs> But anyways, I'm excited about next week's men's conference. It's true, you know, uh, uh, Rob McCoy is who I'm interested in hearing from. He has uh, he, uh, a pastor who preaches the gospel and was very vocal and, and political, which I appreciate because uh, uh, we want people of our time, of our days to... Uh, be able to apply the Word of God to the things that are happening around us and in our country. And they're happening so rapidly, it's changing all the time. It's like one either good thing or bad thing after another. And so it's more frequent. It's not like the times when Pastor Chuck Smith was was preaching and I was there for four years with him and he would hit stuff as it, as it came or as the Word uh, It was in the Word. uh, But whenever there was events in the world that had to be addressed, He would address them. And it just seems like today... There's, there's more things going on that need to be addressed so that we know how to how to handle it with the Word of God. And Rob's one of those guys. He actually ran for mayor of Thousand Oaks and became the mayor of Thousand Oaks. And so he was the mayor of Thousand Oaks uh, during the time when that shooting happened at that cowboy bar. Remember that a few years back? And so he, he was able to minister, and uh, he's got a great church, and I'm excited to hear from him. The gospel's always preached. That's what we do. That's what we're called to do. And so it'll be a good time, and we're going to carpool and have a great time. Turn with me in your Bibles this morning to the book of Romans, please, chapter 10. The book of Romans, chapter 10, will be beginning in verse 14. That's Romans 10, uh, verse 14. And give me an amen once you are there. And so, Father, again, we come before you this morning with thanksgiving and praise to you. You are the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, Lord. You made the heavens and the earth, Lord. And uh, by your word, everything was made, and everything is in its place because of your word. And so this morning, as we study your word, may you give us, Lord, humble hearts to receive from you. For you say in your word that you teach the humble your way. And so, Lord, take away pride, take away arrogance, and help us just to receive your living word. Holy Spirit, guide us. Teach us, Lord. Father, pour out your grace. May it be all of you and none of me. In Jesus' name we pray, and together we say, Amen. All right, so as you know, the early church is growing, you know, from the book of Acts, from the resurrection of our Lord through the book of Acts, book of Romans. Paul is is writing this letter to uh, the church at Rome, which is obviously the capital of the empire where all the power was in the known world at that time. They were under the Roman Empire. And the churches all over uh, the known world are growing. Many people are coming to faith in Jesus Christ because of the preaching of the apostles and the Christians. And uh, But the one thing that was evident, that it was mostly... Uh, Gentiles. It was mostly non-Jews that were receiving the gospel. And so the question had to be asked, why is there uh, fewer, why are there uh, fewer Jews or uh, Jewish people coming to faith in Jesus Christ? And, and it's mostly uh, Gentiles. And, and again, it, it broke Paul's heart as a Jew. And we know that our Lord Jesus Christ was a Jew according to the flesh. And so um, it 's something that needed to be uh, answered, and uh, uh, Paul tells us that uh, not all Israel is Israel, and that was a, a powerful statement, like not just because one is Jewish doesn 't mean that they have true faith in God, all right? just because you know, the, their bloodline led to Abraham doesn 't mean that that makes them good with God. Not all who are Israel uh, are Israel. But only those who God has predestined to believe would believe. And so he spoke on God's sovereignty, that God has uh, his, his sovereign, his, his superior knowledge of people, knowing who will choose him, who will live a life and then choose to choose to believe in him or not, God's sovereignty uh, uh, had a big part in it, that Israel would eventually reject the message and that it would go to the Gentile world. That also was part of God's sovereignty, that the Gentile world, the non-Jews, would receive uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he goes on to say, God will have mercy on whom he will have mercy and he will have compassion on whomever he will have compassion and he asks the question, who are we or who are you to question God? He goes on to quote the prophet Isaiah who cried out concerning Israel saying, though the number of the children of Israel be as the sand of the sea, the remnant shall be saved. And so again, God is good. God is righteous. God is all-knowing. God has given all of us free choice, but he knew this would happen. It was part of his sovereign plan. The gospel would go forth to the Jew first and then to the Greek, like Jesus said, you know, go and preach to the, to the uh, lost sheep of the house of Israel, right? I always get that confused, so I should write it down. But anyways, it was to them first and then to the rest of the world. So by his sovereignty, they rejected it. But his sovereignty was for the Gentiles to receive it. But his sovereignty also says that he has saved for himself a remnant. And so even now and into the future and into the great tribulation as we know, there will be a remnant of Israelites that will come to salvation in Jesus Christ. That's why we pray for them. That's why we're, we, we, we want God's blessing upon them. And so his sovereignty is in work in all of this. Uh, But again, um, Jesus was a stumbling block for Israel. He was a rock of offense because uh, the gospel message is about salvation by faith. It, it It is just believing in what Jesus did on the cross for our sins. You believe in him, believe that God raised him from the dead on the third day, that is the way of salvation. It's by faith. It's not of works, lest anyone should boast, but they were trained through tradition and the Mosaic law that they they uh, have sought to establish their own righteousness according to works. That, that was just ingrained. That was just how they lived. Like we do all these religious works, we're God's chosen people, and thus we're good with God. Jesus comes and says, "Oh no, you're not." He came to fulfill the law, and the law, no one can keep the law, and so all are condemned under the law, but Jesus came who fulfilled the law, he perfectly kept the law, and, and, and basically it, it's only by faith in him, and that was too much for them to handle, because then you have to let go of that pride, because if anyone thinks that they're right with God because of their good works, it leads to pride, Right. It leads to pride. I am good with God because I gave so much money. I've done so much uh, good works and good deeds and I'm a good neighbor and I'm a good citizen. And I and I go to church all of the, you know, and and none of that gets you to heaven. What gets you to heaven is faith alone. And that was a stumbling block. And there's many people, not just the religious Jews, but the, the world that's lost out there. They have their own philosophy of of how they can be right with God. And you know how people are. Well, I'm not that bad of a person. And you know, from time to time, I donate uh, to the children's hospital, or I, you know, I, 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 from time to time, I feed the homeless. I give them five bucks, or you know, people start, you know, calculating what makes them good. Oh, I've never killed anybody, and I've never, you know, they say things like this, but in reality. We've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. There is no good work that we can do to be saved. It's just by faith, putting our trust in him. And so a lot of, that's, that's a stumbling block to many people. Even today, the Day of Atonement with the religious Jews, it's like they try to do good works at the end of the year to, to outweigh their bad deeds. And if there's enough good deeds that outweigh the bad deeds, then they're good with God. It's atoned for. no. No, there's nothing we can do. Sorry. I'm sure the poor people appreciated the money, but other than that, it's only by faith in Jesus, and not just believing in Him, like the demons. And many people say, "I believe in Jesus," but they don't put their trust in Him. It's it's faith that says, "I put my trust, my life, in Your hands, Jesus." And that w- that's just too much for people to handle because of pride. They want to be able to say, "I worked for this." And I outworked you, so I'm better. You know, it's that pride. But it's only by the word. And in verse 10 of chapter 10, Paul would write, The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart, that is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so Paul is saying here, this is the way of righteousness. This is God's eternal righteousness. All you have to do is hear the message. Hear the message of the gospel and believe in your heart. Believe in your heart on Jesus Christ. Call upon his name and and you will not be put to shame. That is the way to heaven. It's it's the word of God. And Paul is is saying this word that we preach, you know, that for the Jew and and for the Greek alike, whoever would just believe and confess with your mouth your faith in him, believe it in your heart. That's all that that's all that matters. That's all it takes. And then in verse 14 he be, he begins by saying, "How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent?" As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. And so if it's by the word that people can believe and, and, and believe in their heart and confess with their mouth, then Paul would say, well, well they got to hear the message, but who will preach it? God will send them. And, and in that verse 15, it says, how shall they preach unless they are sent? God sends them sends who the preacher from the pulpit the word preach speaks of heralding announcing and so it it's not just the preacher from the pulpit it's all of us in the body of christ are called to announce to proclaim to preach what christ has done to save you and to save me and god sends who he sends us all Each and every one of us are called to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, to share your story of how God changed your life and saved you from the pit of hell. And all of us have a different story. It's similar because Christ is at the center of it, right? I was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. We all have similar but different because God made you individually. You and I, all of us individually, are wonderfully and fearfully and wonderfully made. You have a story that can touch people that my story cannot touch those people. All of us have a story. And Satan is doing his best to muzzle us, to keep us quiet about what Christ has done. And, and there's not enough uh, proclaiming. There's not enough announcing. There's not enough of sharing of what Christ has done. And I, and I, and I wonder, why not? Why not? I think of the shepherds who were watching uh, the sheep by night in Bethlehem when Jesus was born and how the angels came and proclaimed the good news of salvation and of the, the Lord's birth to them, right? Uh, uh, good and glad tidings to them and for, to the whole world. And they shared with them that, you know, in, in, that in Bethlehem t- this night, a child is born. And so, uh, you know the story, They they got up and And they made haste to go uh, to find Jesus in in the manger. In Luke chapter 2, it says that they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in the manger. And now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. And so they saw Jesus and they made it widely known what they saw, made widely known what was going on, what had happened to them. And that's what, that's what God has called us to do. There's one reason why we're alive and it's to share how Christ saved us. That's why we're alive. That's why we know he isn't finished with us. We're alive. To do one thing is to share with people what Christ has done for us. Yesterday I was blessed to go to a beautiful wedding up at uh, um, Oakland Apple Farm. And um, it was stunningly beautiful. It was a beautiful day. As you know, yesterday evening... And, you know, the table settings were just magnificent. It was like the marriage supper of the lamb or what I would imagine it to be. And I was uh, blessed to be able to sit by a wonderful godly couple, older man, older woman, who, you know, we just fellowshiped uh, at dinner and had great conversation and... um, They began to share with me how their son who's in his late 20s but when he was 17 uh, was struck with a virus that uh, ended up uh, uh, paralyzing him and he was unable to talk as well and how they got everybody they knew to pray for him and they kept believing in what Jesus could do and One day, a different neurologist came in because the other one said, we don't know what it is. But one day, one walked in, took one look at him and said, I know exactly what his problem is. Put an IV in, put two dosages of that medicine and healed him. And so what they were doing to me were they were preaching to a preacher, announcing, heralding to me the good work that Jesus did for them. And she said to me, I can, we can be here all night telling you about what Christ has done in our lives. And, and that's what needs to be for our church, for all of us. He's done so much, and yet we say so little. He pulled us out of the gutter. And if you think about it, we were heading to a fiery furnace where well, the worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. Jesus saved us. He washed us clean and, and, and gave us a place in the heavenlies. We're going to be with him for eternity. And he's, and he's just, and now he just basically says, go preach. Go tell people what I've done for you. And that goes across the board to all of us. And we need to. Too many of us are, 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 are just, uh, you know, depressed introspective looking inward woe is me full of doubt full of hopelessness full of worry why is that? why why aren't we celebrating like the day we got saved? What, what has changed? and if we read this book throughout scripture how many times does it say forget not the works of the Lord forget not what he's done for you don't forget Write it in a book. Write it in a journal if you have to. But don't forget what he's done for you. Meditate on it. Rejoice in it. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. And God calls us to rejoice. Rejoice always. So there should be a sense of enthusiasm and joy to share in your own way how God anoints you to do so. But preach his good news to whomever he brings in your Sphere of influence. At work, you're there, not just for a job, but to be a witness. You'll eventually get to lunch with your coworkers. You'll eventually get to do, you know, talk, share with them the good things that God has done for you. It's needed. Because the world is lost. And they're dying fast. And he's coming quickly, he says. We only have this moment in time to share. We don't have to be amazing preachers. We don't have to know every verse in the Bible. Just share with them the good things God has done for you. If indeed he has done good things for you. When Jesus sent out his disciples to preach in Matthew 10, verse 7 and 8. You can write it down and check it out later. He said to them, as you go, preach, saying... The kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons, and then he says to them, freely you have received, freely give. I'll repeat that. Freely you have received, freely give. What have we been given? His free gift of salvation. You have freely received it. And he wants us all to freely give it out. The Dead Sea has been in the news a lot recently in Israel. Because the waters are receding. And, but The one thing we know about the lowest place on earth, which it is, is nothing lives in it because the salt contact content is so thick. So people go there and they float on water. You don't sink. It's beautiful. The waters are receding. But what feeds it is a Jordan River. It's fresh water that goes into it. But there's no outlet. And if there's no outlet, then it dies. And it's the same with like our witness. If we're if we're not going to freely give out what we've freely received, our walk becomes unenthused. You know, we lack passion, zeal. We get lethargic and lazy and the couch becomes way more attractive, and the bag of chips and everything that goes with it. Been there, done that. But when we stop and think what he what he is worth, and what he has done for us, we want to give it out. We just can't wait. It becomes fire in our bones. Charles Spurgeon, in today's... Uh, Devotion I read this morning. I, I think it's applicable. It was a killer one. He quotes Proverbs eleven twenty five. You can write that down. It says, "He that water watereth shall be watered himself." Right? He who waters shall be watered himself. And this is what he says concerning Proverbs eleven twenty five. He says the lesson is that to get we must give. That to accumulate we must scatter. That to make ourselves happy, we must make others happy. And that in order to become spiritually vigorous, we must seek the spiritual good of others. In watering others, we ourselves are watered. How? Our efforts to be useful bring out powers for usefulness. We have talent, we no, we have latent talents and dormant facilities which are brought to light by exercise. Our strength, our labor is hidden even from ourselves. Our strength, oh, I'm sorry, let me read that again. For our strength for labor is hidden even from ourselves until we venture forth to, the, to fight the Lord's battles or to climb the mountains of difficulty. We do not know what tender sympathies we possess until we try to dry the widow's tears and soothe the orphan's grief. And so freely we have received, freely we should be given, giving out. But if we don't give out, our faculties become useless. We become sick, we become weary. We become doubtful, hopeless, depressed. But when we say, you know what, there's, there's someone I need to... I need to wash someone's feet today. I need, to, I need to care for somebody. And that's why when we come to church, I mean, that's what this is. This isn't just a place like the old days and days of religiosity where we just come and we leave. This is a place where we come and we minister to one another and we say hello to
0: one another and we
1: practice brotherly love.
0: Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come on out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicholas Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you'd like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills.
2: We don't